are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of Locked On Dolphins. We're a couple days away from cutdown camp, which means we got a big show ahead of us. Today's episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes thanks to condensed games. So go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Another place we don't stop is here on Locked On Dolphins. 53-man roster projection today. I can't wait to be super wrong, but that's okay. I'm going to bring my A game. We also have to talk about yours truly. Dropped a seven-round mock draft for the Miami Dolphins over at thedraftnetwork.com. We're doing these cyclical seven-round mock drafts for each one of the teams in the NFL as a part of our work over at the Draft Network. And September's Dolphins mock dropped today. And uh, there's some interesting dynamics there, especially with value. And, and kind of the, the odd proposition of, depending on how much college football we get, there may or may not be a dead space that uh, we might not want to be picking in. And uh, that's where we will start today's show by recapping Kyle Krabs's 2021 seven-round mock draft for the Miami Dolphins as of September 3rd. This dropped over at thedraftnetwork.com. And the Dolphins, according to current Super Bowl odds, have two top 10 selections in this draft. They pick 7th and ninth. Houston Texans have that ninth selection, according to the current Super Bowl odds. The Dolphins in this mock, number seven overall, wide receiver Jalen Waddell, Alabama. Number nine overall, Creed Humphrey, center from Oklahoma. You get to the second round. Of course, the Dolphins have two second-round selections as well, courtesy of the Texans. The first selection in this mock draft, 39 overall, K. Whitty Pay from Michigan. Uh, defensive end, 275 pounds. He's definitely got the kind of versatility that Brian Flores would love to add up front. And at 41, a defensive back, Darius Washington, safety from TCU. We'll talk about each one of these players here, specifically the first three rounds. The Dolphins with their third-round pick, Jack Sanborn, a linebacker from Wisconsin, potential replacement for Raquan McMillan. The rest of this class, 102, wide receiver Damon Hazleton, wide receiver from Missouri, transfer from Virginia Tech, we have Minnesota running back Mohamed Ibrahim at 106. That is the pick that came over courtesy of the Raquan McMillan trade and the flip. Obviously, Dolphins do not have a fifth-round pick as a result. In the sixth-round, Dolphins land interior defensive lineman Robert Cooper from Florida State. Cameron Bynum, a Cal cornerback who worked with Coach Gerald Alexander last year. And in the seventh round, the Dolphins make zero picks. So, what stands out about this class specifically? This dead zone here at the end of the, of the top 10. Jalen Waddell, you know, there, there's going to be people that covet each one of these Alabama wide receivers. You know, wide receiver two after Jamar Chase is going to be a difficult proposition. For the Dolphins specifically, the speed and explosiveness that Waddell has, 
little bit more of a comfortable transfer, especially when you compare and contrast it to what the Dolphins do and do not have at this point in time. They like big receivers. If you're not going to get a big guy, you might as well get a guy with explosiveness, vertical ability, run after the catch, much like Jakeem Grant. Devonta Smith, the other Alabama wide receiver, he's going to run like 4-4-8, 4-5 flat. Jalen Waddle's going to run in the 4-2s, 4-3s. That explosiveness and a more dense football player. He's 5'11", 190. There is appeal for Jalen Waddle, especially when you factor in you know, all the things that Jakeem Grant does. Jalen Waddle is a much bigger version of that style of player. So if Jakeem Grant continues to show durability issues, okay, we can get an explosive first-round player that has chemistry with Tua. That's a great fit. The value of a center at nine is a problem. But you look at the players who have come off the board at this point. Trevor Lawrence went one in this mock. Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon, would be a home run pick for the Dolphins if he was available. He's not. Micah Parsons is gone. Greg Rousseau, the defensive end from Miami, potential monster hybrid defender. He's gone. Jamar Chase is gone. Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama, he's also gone in this mock. All in the first nine picks. So the best players available at this juncture... It's like Alex Leatherwood, who plays tackle, can play guard. But he's kind of redundant with what the Dolphins have. The Dolphins, Ted Karras, obviously on a contract. Your center is the most pressing need at this point. You've at least got youth in competition at the other spots. Jalen Twyman, a defensive tackle. He's more of a three technique. A bunch of corners. There's no high-end safety here. Travis Etienne, ideally, we're not spending a top 10 pick on a running back. I don't think the Dolphins would do it anyway. We've already taken a wide receiver. Like, where do you go here other than Creed Humphrey? And that's it's a frustrating value in a perfect world. If you're going to take Creed Humphrey, you take Creed Humphrey at like 15 through 18. A top 10 pick on an interior offensive lineman, a center especially, that's unheard of. It's you, you go back 25 years, you won't find a center drafted that high. So the pick, the fit, it's a home run. But the value, if the Dolphins do end up with this two top 10 pick scenario, it's not an attractive value proposition. Now, what this does set the table for is a potential trade out. And that would be a win for the Dolphins. That would be a very big win for the Dolphins. Add additional draft picks. You know, if you go from nine to, to 15 or so, and then draft an interior offensive lineman. A, the value of the pick that you made is better, but you're probably getting future twos and a two this year to move back that amount of spots. Where can we sign on the dotted line? But if the Dolphins are boxed into picking at nine and they've already picked a wide receiver earlier in the top 10, that's, that's going to be a tough spot based on what we know about these players in the here and now. Obviously, I made these selections. I like the fit of all of these players. I especially like K. Woody Pay. The two, two, two second-round guys are both really good values and fits for the Dolphins. K. Woody Pay, hybrid defender. He's 275 pounds. We've talked on this show about what the Dolphins are looking for on the edge. Density, lower body explosiveness, high-end athleticism. Pay does all those things. He made Bruce Feldman's freak list for the top 50 freak athletes in college football. Pay's got some freaky change of direction skills at 277 pounds. 
Our Darius Washington is another big-time plus athlete, kind of in the same mold as Bobby McCain. And look, the, the Dolphins seem excited about what Bobby brings to the table this year. But Bobby's also a guy who's going to be making $7 million a year against the cap over the next couple of years. And he's one of the older defenders on the roster, and he wasn't particularly good as a tackler last year. So our Darius Washington, this is a fearless dude. He's another guy like Bobby who's not super big. He's listed at 5'9", 185. Uh, so he's on the smaller side. But, you know, if the Dolphins are looking for playmakers, if they're looking for kind of that tenacity, and they're not super put off by, okay, we don't have to have three killers as tacklers if we have a guy who can make plus plays in coverage. That's our Darius Washington. And that's kind of what Bobby McCain had. I think that's his ceiling this year. So if you want to start that succession plan, you can keep Bobby under contract. Uh, but as your cap starts to evolve, you want to start making fiscally responsible decisions. Maybe 2022, that's the year. So you have a year of overlap between the two, and then you have a transition plan that takes place, and you can financially save some money and continue evolving your roster. Do want to touch real quick on this third-round pick as well. Jack Sanborn, linebacker, Wisconsin. We know the Dolphins love Wisconsin linebackers. They got a couple of them on the roster. Vince Beagle, Andrew Van Ginkle. Sanborn's a different kind of player, though. He's a stack linebacker, true stack linebacker. He's off the line of scrimmage. He's not a guy who's going to play Sam or in under fronts, over top of tight ends and all that kind of stuff. No, no, this is a... Inside linebacker, Raekwon McMillan type. He's not quite as big as Raekwon. He's listed at like 6'2", 235. But he's very physical, and he's very instinctive. And I think he can fill that role for the Dolphins that they vacated with the transition away from Raekwon McMillan. Fun player if you get a chance to check out his tape. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You will also learn from the NFL's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We are all set to work our way through the Dolphins 53-man roster projection. Stick with me. We're going to throw a lot of names on the table here. We're throwing 53 guys out here. I'm going to go by position group, talk briefly about each position group. Starting first and foremost with quarterbacks, no surprises. I think the Dolphins carry all three quarterbacks. I don't foresee Josh Rosen getting traded before the start of the season. You see a bunch of these articles that come out, uh, players that should get traded or cut, or might get cut before the deadline, and Rosen's in there as a trade candidate. Nobody's trading for Josh. Based on what? Practice reports? Any happening? The Dolphins are... Rosen is more valuable to the Dolphins at this point than he is to any other team. 
don't try and get value that's not there. So Dolphins keep Fitzpatrick, Tungavailoa, and Josh Rosen on the roster. Fitz is probably going to start the year. You know, we're, we're still playing coy here with this quarterback competition, but it's going to be Fitz. Running back. I had the Dolphins down for five backs. I almost gave them four with Chandler Cox not making the cut, but I do think a fullback, you know, Elan and Roberts has some potential here. Christian Wilkins in short yardage and goal line, like he can do it. But ultimately this, this team, this franchise did invest uh, as recently as 2019, a late round selection on a specialist as a fullback. I think they'll try to continue to keep him in the picture. So I have Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, two home run, no-brainer locks. I also have Patrick Laird, the intern. Uh, Laird pass catching skills uh, as a potential third down back. I thought he did some nice things at the end of the year last year. I think he's earned the right, and, and I quite frankly think he's probably our third best option when you think about that receiving dynamic. You know, Brita is speedy and explosive and a, a big playmaker with the ball in his hands, but he's not like super accomplished as a pass catcher. And I think Laird can fill some of those reps. Miles Gaskin is the kind of all-around backup guy. Uh, he seems to be the RB3 in the running pecking order. So you've got Thunder and Lightning, lead back duo. You've got a receiving guy in Laird, and you got a rushing dynamic as the backup in Miles Gaskin. Chandler Cox, fullback, special teams, and specialty reps does make the roster. So that's five, which gives us eight. I'm going to test my math here as we do this add-up as we go room by room. We're going to jump to 14 when you include the wide receivers. I have the Dolphins down for six receivers based on what we know, what we've seen. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, no duh. Those are your starters, right? When the Dolphins go three wide receiver sets, uh, if they want to run... Will Preston Williams in the slot. I think you'll see Jakeem Grant outside. He is, of course, another lock to make this roster. If you're going to go with a bigger lineup, I think Isaiah Ford takes the slot reps. He performed well at the end of the year last year. He's been in this system for a while. He's been an on and off the active roster. I think he showed enough at the end of last year. He's instilled some confidence that he could be a role player. And, and quite frankly, take those Alan Hearns reps. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up replacing Alan Hearns even next year after we, we overhaul the group. Isaiah Ford's a younger player. He's a little bit more smooth than Allen. Uh, so that gives us four between Parker, Williams, Grant, and Ford. Malcolm Perry, yeah, he's making the roster. And uh, Eric Studsville met with the, the media amongst the, the assistant coaches that met with the media a little earlier in the week. And they said Perry's barely meeting and playing with the running backs, even though he's listed as a running back. He's working on wide receiver, and he's working on special teams. I think as a, a complimentary receiving piece, he's constantly making splash plays. He's made a number of plays down the field in that area. So really promising early returns for Malcolm Perry. I think he's, got, I think he's very safe with a roster projection. That sixth spot is tough. I've been saying over the course of the summer and the, the late spring, don't sleep on Gary Jennings. It seems like Gary really hasn't moved the needle. I think he's more of a practice squad candidate at this point if they could push him through waivers. It seems like Mac Hollins is the favorite 
to get that sixth spot because of his gunner and special teams ability. Plus, he's another bigger, tall body, and he's shown on his college tape at the very least. He can make some plays on the ball down the field. I think he'll be predominantly regulated to special teams, but that gives you Parker, Williams, Grant, Ford, Perry, and Hollins. Six wide receivers for a total of 14 players. Three tight ends I have us down for, Gasecki, Shaheen, and Smythe. I don't think there's any reason to think Chris Myrick is going to push one of these guys off the roster. Gasecki's a lock. He's going to start, right? Adam Shaheen, they did trade the conditional pick for him. I think he still has some untapped potential, especially as a tight end, too. We're not going to try and make him into something that he's not. And Durham Smythe seems to be a player that the coaches and players in that room really appreciate for being sturdy, solid, unspectacular, but capable. And I think he does have a little bit more receiving ceiling than what we have shown to this point in time, but he's probably not going to get those opportunities in this room. Offensive line, I have us down for eight total players, which would give us 25 on the offensive side of the ball. We'll do 25 on defense, three specialists. Offensive tackles, Austin Jackson, Jesse Davis. I project those two guys to be our starters to open the year. Robert Hunt, obviously the second-round pick, the early second-round pick. Only reason why he's probably not going to start the year is because we have Solomon Kinley at right guard, who I'm projecting to start at right guard. And I don't think you want to have two rookies playing side-by-side to play against Bill Belichick to open the season. It's not necessarily a detriment to Hunt, although I do think the level of competition jump for him is more noticeable than that which we've seen from Austin Jackson and Solomon Kinley. Speaking of the inside, three projected starters, Eric Flowers, Solomon Kinley, and Ted Karras. Michael Dieter is the fourth interior guy, so that gives you now, obviously, Jesse Davis can play inside-outside, too. He's projected to start at right, uh, right tackle at this point in time. So eight offensive linemen. Dieter has value because he can play any of the three interior spots. Jesse Davis has value because he can play anything other than center. So you've got a ton of flexibility here. Hunt, guard tackle. We've talked about this. Flowers, in a pinch, could kick outside to tackle. Ton of combination possibilities. And because of that, I have us carrying eight. The only guys that I wouldn't feel comfortable playing multiple spots at this point in time is Ted Karras at center and Julian Davenport. Austin Jackson, I think, would technically you could get away with playing him on the right or left side. So that's our 25 on the offensive side of the ball. Moving over to defense, I got eight guys in the trenches, not including some of these hybrid linebackers. Okay. Defensive end, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, Jason Strobridge, Zach Seiler. I'm going to loop him into this group because I think you know he's more of a B-gap guy than anything. So when you go even fronts, four down defensive linemen, you're outside your traditional hand-in-the-dirt defensive ends. Lawson, Ogba, Strobridge. Those are your three obvious fits. Zach Seiler, he's a little bit more of a hybrid. I think if you go four-man front, he's probably a guy that's a three-technique. Or as the base end in an under front, and you got an outside linebacker stood up outside of him with outside contain. Our defensive tackles, Christian Wilkins, Devon Godchow, Raquan Davis, and Brandon Bryant. Bryant was a late addition. 
I just don't see like Benito Jones, Tyson Render. I don't see those guys pushing. It's almost like what the Dolphins did last year when they signed John Jenkins. So as a summary, eight defensive linemen, true defensive linemen. Lawson, Agba, Strobridge, Siler, Wilkins, Godchild, Davis, and Bryant. We got these hybrid linebackers, out, true outside linebacker hybrid types. I think it's easiest to classify our linebackers as true stack off-ball guys and guys that are hybrids. So for true stack guys, Jerome Baker, Camus Gruger-Hill, Sam McGuavin. I don't think McGuavin's got the length to play on the edge. I know they tried to spend some time there with him. That He's a less attractive option than the four guys that we have in the hybrid front guys which is Van Ginkle, Van Noy, Trent Harris, and Elan and Roberts. Roberts' versatility will bounce all around. Kyle Van Noy versatility, he's going to bounce all around. So those guys who are going to look to, to fill, A, the Vince Beagle role, and B, also be a little bit less of a hand in the dirt, more true outside linebacker types when the Dolphins want to go with stand-up outside linebackers on the line of scrimmage. Van Genkel, Van Noy, Trent Harris, who they brought back, which I think is telling, and Elan and Roberts. They brought Harris back after the injury to Vince Beagle. Stack linebackers, Baker, Gruger Hill. Gruger Hill obviously is scheduled to start now in base fronts along with Van Noy and Jerome Baker. A little bit more athleticism. This is a former safety. He's really good in coverage. Aguavin. A year's worth of sweat equity. He's a special teams guy, good depth. I think he's carved out a role for himself. Which means, you know, we've got seven linebackers between hybrids and true stack guys. We've got eight down linemen. We're going to have 10 defensive backs, which makes sense when you take into account the amount of times this Dolphins team is going to be running five and six defensive back sets. Five corners, five pure true corners. On my projection, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Noah Igbenogany, Jamal Perry, formerly Jamal Wiltz, and Nick Needham. Those five guys. It's a really good corner group, guys. We should feel really excited about this corner group, top to bottom. And our safeties, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe. Both of those guys also have corner experience, of course. Brandon Jones, the third-round pick this year, Kayvon Frazier, and Clayton Fejdalem. Two special teams, guys. Admirable depth pieces. Safety room's not going to blow you away, but there is a bunch of role players here. There's some man coverage ceiling with the guys at the top of the chart. Cover zero. We're going to run a lot of it. We're going to run a lot of press. Cover zero. Manufactured pressure looks, probably some droppers in zone underneath on overload looks, trying to pressure and manufacture bad decisions from opposing quarterbacks or overload pass protections to get home and manufacture pressure that way. It's the exact blueprint the Patriots use, guys. And unlike what we've seen Matt Patricia do out in Detroit, Flores has some creativity Flores has made his players better by continuing to put them in position to be successful. Matt Patricia in Detroit, people always talk about Belichick disciples and how they struggle and, and 
can't replicate the success. Flores isn't trying to do exactly the same model, but at the very least, we've seen he could take players and put them in positions to be successful and he can develop talent. Patricia and the Lions are simply trying to bring in Patriots, period. No questions asked. There's no player development there. The defense has been one of the worst in the league the last two years since Patricia got there. Miami's defense was terrible the first month of the season, but they got much better, and they were working with much worse personnel than what the Lions were. Our three specialists, of course, Sanders, Ferguson, and Hack. Ferguson, a draft pick. Her long snapper replacing Tabor Pepper, who replaces the GOAT John Denny. Jason Sanders, Mac Hack. Sanders, encouraged by what he's shown thus far through his first two seasons. He was much better last year. These guys had Mountaineer shot, so they got a little bit of clout. That is the 53-man roster projection from yours truly. I'll give an update on Monday after cuts. And I'll let you know what a percentage I hit on. I'm shooting for a good number. I'm shooting for 50. I don't know if I'm going to get 50, but I'm shooting for 50. And of course, that will change because once everybody's players hit the wire, the Dolphins, you know they're going to hit the waiver wire. They'll continue to churn these guys out, turn them over. I said a little early in the week, based on the roster that the Dolphins had, I could easily identify 52 guys. Chandler Cox was the fringe guy, and I wanted to give one of those spots to Chester Rogers, who ended up getting cut. So, hope you guys enjoyed. We got one more show this week. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Check out Locked On Dolphins. I hope to see you then. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Thursdays.